Hey guys, just a quick little separate intro because the normal intro that was recorded is admittedly kind of silly, kind of lighthearted and joking, and you'll hear that soon, I guess. Um, but I did want to make mention real quick that the episode uh, today right now is being uploaded on June 1st, so it is the start of Pride Month, and I want to say happy Pride Month to everybody out there, whether you are in the LGBT community or you are an ally Whatever the case is, I hope that this month and any time thereafter moving forward brings you a sense of togetherness and community and belonging because no matter who you are, where you come from, you should be allowed to love whoever you want to love and be the person that you were meant to be. If for any reason anybody hearing this right now disagrees with any of that, fuck you, fuck off, go away. Ulterior. Brother, these NBA Finals are for two types of people. The Hoopers and the Haters. And guess which one I am? Both of them. <laughs> um, y'all want y'all's star power matchups. Y'all want your big TV ratings. Y'all want your big money. Not me. <laughs> that is not what I want, dog. Um... Anybody complaining about like, oh, but it's going to do bad TV ratings. Motherfucker, do you work at ABC? Do you work at ESPN? Do you work at NBA TV? Sit down, shut the fuck up, and appreciate some Hoopers hooping because that's what we're going to get. But yeah, I just wanted to start off that way because uh, last episode I began by telling Miami Heat that they needed to get shit done or else it was going to be a problem. And it took a minute. It took some bullshittery, but bullshittery is not a word, but it is now in my dialect. It took some bullshittery to pull it off, but we got it. Miami, Denver, Denver in six. Shit's gonna be dummy. But yeah, I guess y'all are here for some music talk, right? Some scene reviews, yeah. So uh, this episode, we got new singles by the likes of Bless the Fall, Polaris, Monuments, Honey Revenge, and a few others I don't want to get through. And then only two records this week, but I'm more than happy to talk about them. Harm Shelter and Heart Attack Man. Thank you so much, thank you for tapping in, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Some of y'all, and that's a generalized statement, maybe it was none of you guys specifically, but it was a sector of scene Twitter, metalcore Twitter, who took some offense, per se, to Anthony Fantano's review of Sleep Token. Brody gave the album, Take Me Back to Eden, a light 2 out of 10. Contrasting the... Hard as a fucking brick, 10 out of 10, that I gave it. Hard as a brick was not the uh, the description attached to my rating, but that is what I am uh, retroactively stating it as now, since Anthony Fantano is doing light 10s, or, or light 2s, or whatever. And my only input on this, and this is very antithetical to my position as a reviewer in the scene... I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I truly do not care that somebody did not like an album that I liked or others liked. Reviewing is 
entirely subjective. And for those reasons, I don't see this as being a, a, a worthy hill to die on or a battle to fight or whatever. I, I can understand maybe some people having this, um, I guess like a disdain for this being the score that he gave it because uh, Fantano is considered to be like an influencer and he's a big voice in the reviewing landscape and thus Anybody who watches his review, but maybe had not heard of Sleep Token yet, they would not feel inclined to check out the album. And sure, I think that is a fair point of criticism for somebody to throw at him. But from my perspective on social media, that's not really what was made most apparent to me as far as anyone's gripes with his review go. It more so had to deal with him giving an album that they enjoyed a two. And again, it's whatever, brother. It's one man's opinion. And Fantano's always been hard on scene music. And that's not because he goes into reviews with an agenda to just like, you know, eviscerate scene music. He's just not really into it. And you would be asking then, okay, why does he review it? Well, he reviewed Sleep Token specifically because they're a big fucking band now. And they're a band that so many people within his audience put into his radar and for that reason yeah he reviewed it and again that's actually kind of boss in a way because fantano who only reviews like major shit primarily getting to talk about sleep token that's kind of sick but to go back to my original point like you gotta stop taking this review shit so seriously and again i understand that me being a reviewer i should not be saying any of this to you but i i really do believe that like it do not take any review from any person or outlet so fucking seriously. Like, whether it's Frantano or SOTS or whoever, even myself, like, these are just subjective opinions. Subjective opinions that happen to be plastered onto some platform on the internet that expands beyond just, you know, a couple of words on Twitter. It is what it is, it be what it be, and I personally don't think Fantano disliking Take Me Back to Eden should affect how anybody views the album, reviews Sleep Token, or even views Fantano, because again, he's just a person with an opinion. And again, that was very antithetical of myself to say, because what are you doing right now? You are listening to a person with an opinion. And that person with an opinion wants to talk to you guys right now about some of the singles from last week's scene releases, the first of which being one of the biggest songs that I've talked about so far this year, and maybe in the overall totality of Ulterior, the brand new Bless the Fall single, Wake the Dead. So my opening statement about this song is going to be almost a mirror of what I said last week regarding Icy Stars. This is the long-awaited comeback of one of my favorite bands of all time. And it was a comeback that I honestly gave up on a long time ago because I know people were very in the dark about the status of Blessed Fall, and if they were active still, if they were ever going to be active again, I kind of just accepted the possibility that they would never return. 
Because that's what it seemed like what was going to happen for the longest time. And I was okay with that. I personally did not need that sort of closure from Bless the Fall. And there are different reasons for that. I'm sure I'll get into them once the eventual, inevitable new album by Bless the Fall is out. But right now, let me just talk about Wake the Dead and how much of a fucking mission statement of a comeback this song is. Bless the Fall did not lose a single step. There is no misbeat whatsoever in the approach to this song, the execution of it, the way that it channels the hollow body's spirit of Bless the Fall. It is heavy and blistering and catchy and so infectious, so effective in everything that it does. Wake the Dead is as good of a comeback single as Bless the Fall could have cooked up and as good of a comeback single as any fan such as myself of this band could have dreamt of hearing. There are finally details out right now regarding the next Polaris album. Here is the brand new single of theirs called Inhumane. The album is called Fatalism. It releases September 1st, which that weekend, I have to figure out what I'm going to do with this, uh, the reviews in this show because I got Poppy in Paris on September 1st and then Bad Omen September 2nd, but that's a story for another time. Uh, Polaris. This song is fucking sick. Um, I think it had been a long time coming for a lot of Polaris fans, especially myself, regarding new material because we hadn't really heard anything from them since the death of me which dropped back in february of 2020 yeah 2020 and there is a like a super personal story attached to that record for myself which i will get into when i do review fatalism in september but uh inhumane like i said the song is fucking sick uh i really enjoy the uh that initial build up to it like that bass build and then how it kind of just like bleeds into the the rest of the band coming in i think jamie's screams sound as like fluid and just as um ferocious as they always have and everything about this track is, is like so inherently polaris and i I'm so happy to have this band back finally and I cannot fucking wait for more material from them as the year progresses because this band is going to do major fucking things this year. One of the bands that in my opinion over delivered last week was Monuments with their new single called Nefarious. And I don't mean to say over-deliver in a negative aspect, but what I'm simply getting at is the Monuments had an album last year called In Stasis, and I remember talking about it. And for the most part, it was an album that I was rather disappointed by, especially coming off of a single like Cardinal Red and how massive I thought that song was. So expectations for myself on new Monuments going into Nefarious weren't necessarily like super high, but my spirits in regards to this band are now as high as they've ever been coming out of Nefarious. I think this might be my favorite Monument song I've ever heard. I think Nefarious is like so 
like catchy in, in this weird way while being heavy and while being very aggressive. There's like a bit of a, uh, like a Shrezzers flair to what's happening here. At least that's like what I was able to pick up out of it. Um, just like this bounce to it and this really fun nature to it. Uh, um, a character trait that I wouldn't really associate with monuments, but I think they were able to pull these elements into Nefarious in a way that makes this band stand out greater than they ever have before. Nefarious is fucking awesome. I, I think monuments might really have something here and if this is in alignment with anything that is still to come from this band definitely definitely look forward to new monuments bitterwood um don't believe i've ever mentioned this band before on the show but they gave me more than a good reason to do so finally off the new single what's up dingus For a track that is only just shy of three minutes, there is so much packed into everything happening here. Uh, one of those elements being the artwork, which has like this Reptar type shit going on. Um, that's really, really sick. Ah, fuck Reptar. Um, when it comes to the actual song, What's Up Dingus? There are these like layers of metalcore and hardcore that find the perfect balance, the perfect amalgamation. And the guitar work is one of the areas that like really, really stood out to me because it kind of harkens back to metalcore in the 2000s and that guitar work. And uh, I will always be a merchant for that shit. Like that is nostalgia in the most pristine manner for myself. I think on vocals, Liam is able to carry this flow that is like almost hip hop in a way, but not really still. It's very, very, um, very chaotic and in, in, in a controlled fashion, I would say. And every element just comes together to make What's Up Ding is this really special, really memorable song for myself. I think the breakdowns are just like so fucking fluid and dirty and like that sort of shit that makes me really, really excited for a band like Bitterwood and for what they're doing. Because again, these elements of nostalgia while still being forward thinking, those are the characteristics that can make a metalcore band in this day and age really um like admirable i guess let's talk about honey revenge who are on the run of their careers right now new single favorite song I don't mean that this is my favorite song. I mean, the song is literally called favorite song. Uh, although, being really, really fucking honest, this might be my favorite Honey Revenge song yet. So, this is off of Retrovision, which is the debut album by Honey Revenge, releasing June 23rd. And considering that this is a debut LP for them, this band feels like years ahead of the curve from where they quote-unquote should be in the approach of a debut. Um... Her favorite song is just so fucking vibrant and infectious and catchy and the way that the the verses are like a little bit tame a little bit mellow and then that build up just serves as the perfect entry point into the chorus that again just 
so goddamn catchy. And the ability for this band to write those kinds of uh, courses and those kinds of hooks, uh, again, years ahead of where they theoretically should be. And I think Honey Revenge is a band that has a lot of potential to really break out in a massive way. And all it's going to really take is just more eyes and ears being on them. Because as far as like quality and the material goes, they have that down to a fucking T already. I was very much so blown away by the brand new Johnny Booth single called Full Tilt. I mentioned Johnny Booth like once or twice on this show before, but I don't think I've ever tried to spotlight them the way that I am right now on Full Tilt because there is nothing else that I could have done as far as approaching this single this week from any other direction. I think Full Tilt is a, a massive fucking song and the kind of chaotic energy that is laced throughout it while mixing in a couple of like uh nostalgic elements to 2000s metalcore not totally the same way that i mentioned off of uh what's up dingus by bitterwood but just in a way that feels like very i don't want to say myspace driven that's not really the right term to use but this is definitely a song that I could have imagined myself having plastered all over my shit back then when I was like fucking 11, 12, whatever it was for MySpace days. Um, God, I really do need to do a MySpace episode one day because that would be a fucking trip. Um, but yeah, regarding Full Tilt, just this great um, layout and structure to the song. It can be very just like aggressively heavy when it needs to be. It can chill itself out when that is what is demanded from the, the pacing and the tempo. And just everything with Full Tilt came together in this perfect manner. I fucking love this track. I think Johnny Booth really have something going for themselves. And this song definitely needs to be uh, like tapped in on by more people. Like not enough people are talking about Full Tilt or Johnny Booth. The final song that I'm going to go into detail for the episode on comes from Movement. It is called Fail You. This is off of the new album Ruckus, releasing on August 18th. And I would say that Fail You, it does fit in with the other recent movement songs like Killing Time and Lead Pipe. And the notion that these tracks give me is that movements are staying true to themselves for Ruckus while adding this like alt-rock flair in some way. And granted, these are just off of a couple singles. I'm sure there will be some tracks on here that do fully embody the spirit of no good left to give and feel something. And at least that's what I would hope for. Because for myself personally, while I do like this direction for movements, that sort of like very uh like brooding melancholic style for movements, that will always be my um like bread and butter for them, I suppose. But again, Fail You, it's still a great song. I do love the elements that are mixed in here. Um, I, I think there is this sense of, like, um, I think forward-thinking uh, movements being made. No pun intended. Why did I say that? Um, 
I hate myself sometimes, guys. Uh, shit, this is off the rails now. Uh, Failure, it manages to still be very catchy while having that post-hardcore sensibility that movements have always possessed and uh, perfectly wielded, in my opinion. Uh, just a great song overall. And I think Ruckus will be an album that deserves all of the attention in the world because that is the kind of respect and reputation that movements have demanded up to this point. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5-2 in the reviews posted to social media. Damaged by Chemical Youth, Shattered by Coma Waves, Cry to Heaven by Creeper, Everything Bleeds by Crowd Magnetar, Death Rattle by Dispositions, Hammer and Nail by Fox Lake featuring Chris Roder from Like Monster Flames, End of the Road by Lado, Monster in the Mirror by Malefoy and About Monsters, Nautilus by Metal Cruelty, Nightmares by Not Enough Space, Blue Eyes by Notion and Roma Johnson, Mountains at Midnight by Royal Blood, who did not yell at me while I listened to their song, Best of Me by Set Your Sails, Tower of Torsos by Signs of the Swarm, Tote by Slay Squad, Last Man in the World by the band Camino, Fast Tracking My Collapse by The Motion Below, and Cross My Heart, Hope to Die by Vexed. It was a pretty good week, to be honest. Like, there was no single that I listened to and I thought, like, you know, this ain't hidden or there's something wrong with it. Just a really solid week overall. And, again, I I think a lot of the bands that I was really excited for, they delivered. Some of the bands that I wasn't really expecting a lot from, they overachieved in the grandest manner possible. And just overall, this was a really, really sick week. And I'm going to extend that notion over to the two records for me to discuss today because I think that they are album, or records, rather, one album, one EP, that they're quite different from each other, but I was still able to have a great deal of enjoyment out of both of them. And the first one up is the new EP out right now by Harm Shelter. It is called Banished by Life. This is actually the first release for Harm Shelter in a minute. The discography of theirs on Spotify shows 2016's album Paycheck as having been the last, like, extended length or full length thing that they had done. And to me, that is very surprising, but I am happy that they are seemingly back with new material because everything that is present here on Banished by Life, it really shows off this prowess in hardcore music and the understanding of what elements really bring the whole genre together and make a release like Banished by Life so worth it. I did include one of the singles ahead of time in a review rundown back towards the beginning of May and that was the song Desire. To me, Desire is one of those kinds of songs that the second it comes on and you press play on it, Everything just begins battering you in the face in the exact fashion that I would want a hardcore track like this to really deliver unto me. And the ferocious nature of it, the beatdown style to those riffs and everything about it, the vocal delivery is something so akin to hardcore that I am a, a, such a, a big fan of and I'm a big supporter of. And then the breakdown towards the end of Desire, like that is a moment where 
everything just kind of spoke to me in this grandiose manner. And it was like, okay, Harm Shelter really genuinely have something cooking here. And whatever the end result would be, which ended up being banished by life, I could not wait to consume and I couldn't wait to get on here and talk to you guys about it. So the EP really does waste no time in letting all of its um, aggressive characteristics really shine in a big way. You have the intro song, Banish, which is only 59 seconds long, and it's an instrumental piece, but it is in this track that you are introduced to everything that you really do need to know about before you get into the rest of Banished by Life. From there on, you get the song, Life Nightmare, and to me, Life Nightmare is another one of those tracks that just does a great job at allowing the flow and the pacing of a hardcore song like this to really blossom. And in the chorus, you have these moments that they're not really trade-offs, but there still is this effect of switching back and forth between clean vocals and somewhat screams for a second. And it's not done in a way that like you hear on traditional metalcore, but rather it's done to the respect of the hardcore genre if that makes any sense there are two guest feature spots on the ep uh believer has alex taylor from malevolence and then back to reality has jacob valentine from guilt trip i was very much so blown away by believer and the spot in the track in which alex comes in it's in the build-up to the breakdown and you can hear behind his screams like this siren effect going off and it just creates this atmosphere that feels apoplectic in a way. And just the, the way that I feel like that song could translate well in a live setting, that really does help establish Believer in my eyes as being the standout song here on the EP. And then Back to Reality is just a really great closing song, a really great way to kind of recap every element here in Banished by Life. And in uh, Jacob's guest spot, you get something similar to what I mentioned about Alex right now in how he comes in to kind of build up that breakdown and there's still a little bit of that siren effect going on. And just again, these are the kinds of elements that I associate with hardcore music and there was no way for me to hear Banished by Life and not feel so like in the moment and in the atmosphere and right at home with everything that they're doing here. I think Banished by Life is an amazing EP. Harm Shelter really delivered on every front here. And I think overall, this EP is a must listen for any fan of hardcore. And now that brings me to the only other remaining record for the episode, and that is Freak of Nature, the new album out right now by Heart Attack Man. So let's talk about Hammy, right? Let's talk about little old heart attack man and everything that they bring to this album because maybe there's a sector of you guys out there who you're familiar with heart attack man, you're familiar with the brand, you're familiar with at least Eric's social media presence, Eric being the vocalist of the band, but maybe you haven't necessarily listened to the music and if you have not and this is your introduction to heart attack man, holy shit. I don't know how to prepare you for this because um, this is definitely an album that is not for everybody. And I don't even mean that from 
a musical standpoint because yes of course every album by every band ever is not for a certain audience in terms of what they're looking for sonically what i mean by that is the content within freak of nature and the lyrical matter of the album really the lyrical matter of the band altogether to some people it's going to come across as shocking in a grotesque fashion to say the least and I guess the lead single for the album, which is a title track, Freak of Nature, it does kind of possess that uncomfortability in some ways, but it does still sound and feel like, at least to me, a little bit tame in comparison to what you get from the other songs. So like on the bridge of Freak of Nature, half the dog is barking at me, the other half is laughing, foaming at the mouth, I'm a freak, it's not a secret, off the leash, unethered now, you fucking hate the way I'm staring at you, that evil look that's in my eyes. Daunting, sure, but not really super out there i suppose and then the second single was stick up and full transparency stick up was my favorite of the singles i really do enjoy this song i think it is immensely catchy the little melody jingle type thing that's going on all throughout the track it's so addictive and i love it lyrically i think this song would be like a point in the album where somebody could hear it and maybe be turned away by the album not me but i'm just saying there could be people out there who feel that way doggy dog this world's a nightmare i'm done trying to fight fair everything's in front of me sitting right there spent my whole life so complacent i'm done playing games i'm running out of patience everybody get down and no one gets hurt everybody get down i've got a gun inside my sweatshirt and what's crazy to me about all this is that the song fox i really really like it um i'm not condoning the lyrical matter but i'm just saying that from a sonic standpoint and from a musicianship perspective i think what stick up does and a lot of freak of nature for that matter is the ability to take something as unsettling as what is going on in stick up and make it so like endearing to the ear the same notion can be extended to the third single which was like a kennedy and that song actually begins with like a news bulletin taken from one of the earliest reports about the JFK assassination. And the way that that, uh, that little sampling kind of leads into the song. And it's a song that, again, just like stick up, very unsettling in what it's getting across to you lyrically, but musically, sonically, instrumentally, like I cannot deny how good I think like a Kennedy is. Good news for my enemies, I try but I can't find the rest of me, top down and scattered on Elm Street, take me out like a Kennedy. Gang is talking about splattering his brains. That's fucking sick. So before I get into the rest of the album, I will go ahead and just mention the elements of Freak of Nature that maybe did not stick as well to me as some of the other things going on here. Um, three songs in particular, Practice in the Mirror, Late to the Orgy, and God Called Off Today. I would say that I like these songs. I definitely don't have a problem with them at all. But I think maybe some of the disconnect that's coming between myself and those three tracks particularly is that they kind of embody this slower demeanor to Hard Tech Man. And it's a demeanor that I think does work, but it definitely, to me at least, does not work as well as some of the songs here like the title track or C4 that kind of ramp up the energy, ramp up the pacing, and really allow Heart Attack Man to 
be the best versions of themselves. And since I just mentioned C4, I will go ahead and expand on what it is that makes that song special to me. And really, it's just kind of more in alignment with what I've been saying already about like Stick Up or Like a Kennedy and how you get this very just like unrelenting, unnerving, dark and... um. I, w- I was going to say explosive, but that's a pun, and I don't need more puns in this fucking episode, but let's just go with it anyways. Explosive nature to what is happening here, and how Heart Attack Man can take that kind of a, of a subject matter and make it so goddamn catchy. Like, I should not, in any fucking fashion, have the urge to sing to myself, I've rigged the room with explosives, violent and void of emotion, I'm not afraid to go up in flames in a moment's notice. But I kind of have no choice because that's exactly what Heart Attack Man have commanded through this song. Because it's just so undeniable in my opinion. That song is followed by Nine on Your Bedside. And I did see a tweet last week from Eric about somebody on a review website somewhere misconstruing what this song is about. So the reviewer thought Nine on Your Bedside was about wanting to kill an ex of yours. And then Eric in his, um, how do I say this? His signature style, let's put it that way. And it's a style that I very, very much so respect and have this uh, adoration for. Because I really do wish that I was as unfiltered as he is at times. But anyways, my point is that he corrected this person and said that Nine on Your Bedside is about feeling... Like, somebody is closing in on you, somebody will not leave you alone, and you get to the point where you feel that sleeping with a gun next to you is your only option. Kill you in your sleep, quick and painless, short and easy, I wish I could end it all, and just set you free. Blowing up your phone, I won't just leave you alone, I can't let it go. I followed you home and I watched you through your window, of all my enemies, you're first in line, I'm just waiting for the perfect time, this isn't over until I say so. I really, 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 really fucking love the direction of the lyrics and how just, again, unfiltered and unapologetic everything happening here is. Like, Eric and everybody else in Heart Attack, man, they could have taken this subject matter and, like, you know, lace it with wordplay and riddles and metaphors. No, guys just straight up are saying it. Like, if I need to kill you, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And from an artist's point of view, I fuck with that. The song after that, Clown School, is to me what completes like this trifecta of some of the best material that Heart Attack Man have ever written, and Clown School ended up being my favorite song on the record, and I don't really have like this uh, like full grandiose explanation right now for why that is. It's just a really catchy song. It's a great song that I think channels a lot of like grunge elements mixed in with this like a uh, punk spirit within Heart Tech Man, and it just makes for a really fun song. And fun is very antithetical to what this song is actually saying, what the whole album is saying. Piss myself from laughing at the jokes are cracking. Push it to the limit. Got the gang in stitches. Life's a joke and death's a punchline. Gotta laugh at it sometimes. I'm so happy and I'm so proud of you for graduating clown school. The closing song, See You on the Other Side. It feels like. It's Eric in a way, like, very much so breaking that fourth wall and talking to the listener and just kind of closing out the album on this promising yet somber note at the same time. 
nice to know you see you later i guess got a feeling hanging out in my chest maybe next time we could do things different hold you closer just another minute because i don't want to have to miss a thing this song is actually like a bit slower and i know i kind of complained a little bit earlier about tracks within this album that embody that spirit but to me see you on the other side is the perfect way for heart attack man to approach that kind of a song and it was a very emphatic way to close the whole thing out so when I look at Freak of Nature and I think about everything that I listen to and I think about how this album fits comfortably within the discography of Heart Attack Man, I do think that this is my overall favorite release of the band so far. Um, you know, some moments I don't necessarily care to go back to, but as an entire project, I thought Freak of Nature, it lives up to its name. Like this album is very freakish, very creepy and unsettling and unnerving and i know that that is going to push some listeners away for myself it was a look at somebody or some people who have this message and they just chose to get it across in as unfiltered of a fashion as possible and i really 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 do admire that and that's it that was every album and ep and single from last week for me to go over and yeah, like I said earlier, I really did enjoy last week. I thought there was a lot of great variety, a lot of great songs, a lot to look forward to in the future as far as like record announcements go. And I believe that as we turn into like the halfway point of the year, I will be able to look back on a lot of releases I've talked about so far this year and think to myself like, wow, this really happened. Like this really did kind of shape what is going to be coming for the rest of the year and i could not be any more excited about that i think the scene is in a very healthy place right now and i truly cannot wait to get to watch what happens from here on out thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and as always for the love of the game let's make a scene 